Hello, welcome to the Battleground Project, an experiment in Christian localism. I'm C.R. Wiley. And I'm Max Booth. On this podcast, we hope to discuss local issues from a Christian perspective. And while these issues are specific to our little town of Battleground, we hope that you'll find them helpful wherever you are. Hello, welcome to the Battleground Project. It's great to have you with us for this show. That noise you hear in the background is the noise of happy people enjoying themselves at Los Pepes here in Battleground Village. And uh, we've had a number of interviews tonight, and we're joined by another interviewee. This particular fellow is a candidate for a city council in Battleground. Eric, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, uh, gentlemen, thanks for having me here this evening. I appreciate it. Uh, My name is Eric Overholzer. I'm running for Battleground City Council position seven. And uh, just feel blessed to be here, and, and uh, it's been an awesome experience so far, and I'm looking forward to what the future has in store. Yeah, great. So what prompted you to do what you're doing? I mean, you're a businessman. you got other things going on in your life. Uh, it's not like you're really sitting around one day and saying, I wish I had more to do. No, no. Um, How did you get into this? Well, uh, to put it simply, I love the city of Battleground. Yeah. And uh, the Lord put it on my heart to serve the citizens of Battleground. Um, and so in that capacity, uh, he called me into politics somehow. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. not quite sure <laughs> why yet, but sometimes his plan is greater than ours in all aspects. So I'm just right. trying to get out of my own way. Right, right. Yeah. So can you give us some, uh, some sense of the, some of the things that you're concerned about, some of the things you want to maybe address? Uh, is there anything maybe that's on your radar that maybe prompted you, or is it was it just in general, I, I, I think that God wants me to serve in this way? Well, again, caring about the people of Battleground, public safety okay. is a big thing. Um, and we are actually pretty well staffed in the city of Battleground for police, but uh, I don't necessarily know if they're being utilized in the best way possible. Okay, I believe in accountability. Um, and so holding criminals accountable for their actions right and uh you know uh taking appropriate measures right to help prevent crime mm-hmm. um instead of reactive measures right uh, and uh, catch and release is not necessarily the best measure yeah it may be good for fishing but not for you know law enforcement <laughs> yeah yeah well and uh even to the point of uh, travel and public safety with speeding in the roadways, uh, yeah. we're not writing enough tickets. Got you. We're, uh, we're not catching people running red lights. And, and, and so without the ticket, hundreds of dollars coming out of your own pocket, right. you're not going to learn the lesson not to speed down these small, uh, quiet roads that we have. Is that what you mean when you say they're not being utilized? I mean, they're adequately staffed in your mind, but they're not being utilized. They're not writing tickets. They're not... Well, yeah. Um, allowing traffic police to control traffic, okay. right? But also um, follow up on crime. Sure. Uh, you know, if you call in a, a you know, a report nowadays, it's a slow response time. And then yep. you might not hear anything back on that stolen vehicle or that... In my instance, our mailbox was broken into, and okay. we didn't hear wow. anything from the police about it. Wow. They just said, oh, you're on your own to replace that lock, and that was about huh. it. So do you think it has to do with just kind of the logistics and sort of the administrative challenges, or do you think maybe that there's perhaps some of the craziness we see in places like Seattle and Portland just kind of spreading? You know, basically, you know, 
defunding the police and, a, and, a, and an attitude that maybe the, the police are the problem rather than the solution? Well, the defund the police probably doesn't help, right? right, right. Um, and I think it's a top-down effect from that, from legislation all the way down to the police chief leading properly. Um, not that he's not doing a good job, but uh, we can't, we don't want to discredit our police and then expect them to step up to the job every day. Right, uh, right. They, they, but they also have an oath to uphold the law and right. protect our citizens. And, and so giving them the ability to do so, I think half of the issue is them be feeling restricted to even do their job. Yeah, I guess It's got to be disheartening. Yeah, um, and, yeah. and so that could create them not being uh, as apt to go out and, and pursue... Yeah prosecution because it goes up to the DA and they, they let it go. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm on the board of a, a developer in Seattle who had an excavator stolen in broad daylight and the police said, we're sorry, we can't help. Hmm. And, and I wouldn't have believed this if I hadn't been in the board meeting listening to the account of the people who had actually spoken to the police. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they actually had film of the perpetrator and even with that, the police said, we're sorry. If somebody had been killed, then we could do something. <laughs> yeah. Good grief. And then they're going to hand it off to a detective anyways. Right, right. Yeah, I, you know, tying the hands of the police is not the answer. Yeah. Um, I believe, and I've met some of the fellows on the force, they're good people. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and they, they have a duty, right. and they felt that in their heart to go out and serve and protect, and then they get on the job. Right. And uh, then they're told not to do their job. Right. That, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And, so yeah. one of the things, too, you know, here in Battleground, the community has been growing. Um, you know, there are a lot of things about growth that are great. There are other things about growth that are kind of scary and challenging. Um, you know, we've got people moving to the area from all over the place who don't understand kind of the, the character and history of Battleground and, what, you know, what we have here, what makes it a great place to live <laughs> in the first place. Any thoughts about maybe what you could do as a city councilor to preserve what we love about Battleground? Well, I think uh, to celebrate what is great about Battleground, um, to uh, create ways that people are informed on the amazing things that people are doing here in Battleground and the, the sense of community that we don't want to lose. Right. Um, and as far as growth goes... I, I think growth is inevitable here in Battleground. People are figuring out real quick, this is a wonderful place to live. Right. And the Northwest is a wonderful place to live. But responsible growth and balanced growth. Right. Um, allowing, for me, allowing industry to come in a little bit and, and create more jobs here in Battleground that could keep yeah. the people that live in Battleground working in Battleground. Yeah, that'd be and great. Not Taking their money over to Oregon and losing eleven percent to the to the <laughs> income tax to right. another state. Right. Um, yeah, I think we have the ability to create that balance. Um, some of the ways in zoning and, and uh, allowing maybe not handing out as many multifamily tax exemptions, mm -hmm. so those eight years of property taxes aren't going back to the city, mm -hmm. and the developers cashing out and charging the prime rent, mm -hmm. but instead. I would like to see more single-family residences. Right, right. I, you know, what happens, I think, uh, in a situation like this is, you know, there's a lot of desire to see the community 
you know, build out so that people who want to live here can find a place to live. Mm-hmm. But there is a there is a sense in which you have to be aware that single people have a different set of priorities than family people. Right. You know, single people are just thinking generally about uh, keeping their obligations to a minimum. Yep. To be able to take advantage of maybe a better opportunity someplace else. And they're thinking about entertainment, uh, you know, that they would be interested in that maybe yeah. mom and dad wouldn't be all that keen about. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever are you talking about? <laughs> that's right. But uh, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. So I think that as I think about it, you know, like as a pastor, so I'm a pastor, right? I know that if I tried to build a church on singles, it'd be it'd be a Looney Tune city. Yeah. You know, but if you build a a, a a congregation on a core set of families, you can have a lot of single people in the congregation and benefit from their involvement. But you're not like, uh, you know, in a situation that's as unstable as like a, a whole community of singles can be. Believe me, I've actually seen it in, in, in action. Yeah. I, I remember a guy, I, when I lived in Cambridge, Massachusetts, between Harvard and MIT, there was one guy who had this bright idea that he was going to build a church enti- entirely made up of singles. I said, you're just nuts. <laughs> and, it, and it's like doesn't exist anymore because yeah. <laughs> yeah, singles are just always kind of thinking about something that's down the road someplace else. And eventually they, you know, hopefully, anyway, settle down and actually become, you know, the kind of uh, community contributors that right. families generally can be. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we have to be, you know, uh, you know, providing housing, obviously, for single people, but we need to prioritize family housing. Yeah, right. I agree, and, and I would like to actually see Diversity, yeah. right? A diversity of housing um, where a community, you could have a little bit larger lots with a little bit nicer homes and yeah. just down the road, maybe just outside of there, you'd have smaller lots with smaller homes for that middle of the road family, maybe new yeah. new uh, homeowner or first time right. home buyer. And then maybe down the road a little bit, you could have some townhomes yeah. or apartments. But even the new apartments being built right now, a one-bedroom apartment, sixteen hundred and fifty dollars a yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. A single person could barely afford that. Yeah. Uh, you'd have to have a fairly good job, making twenty-seven dollars plus an hour, to be able to afford an apartment going in there. Right, right. And so you're looking at what are you going to have roommates in a one-bedroom or? Uh, so again, balance, right? Um, I understand we have all types here in Battleground. We have low income, we have middle of the road, uh, maybe. Uh, single or just starting out a family, mm-hmm. getting started, mm-hmm. and then we have people that are well-established here, and so a diversity of the housing is important. Lately, we've been seeing an, a, a surge of these apartment complexes yeah. coming in, and, and there's no shortage of it. I, I've been witnessing the uh, city council meetings, and it's one developer after another going yeah. in there asking for that yeah. uh, zoning to be brought to R22, or, and yeah. um, I understand there is a need for that in in a niche, but not all of it. You know, we shouldn't have, if a family wants to buy a house, this should be the place they should buy a house and settle down with their family and help be a part of the community and be productive. Uh, It's the American dream. And I don't want to let that die because developers want to come in and make... Well, that's what you have to recognize is what what made Battleground what it is. Right. It wasn't apartment complexes covering the whole landscape. Right. There's something that people like about this town... 
and you got to go back. 20, 50, I don't know how many years, right. and say, what is that thing? Because yeah, we don't want to be just another another Vancouver. Right. You know, we, no. we want to retain the character of Battleground. It's a great place to live. Yeah. And, yeah, it's tough uh, to, to build first-time home-buying properties, you know, that entry level. But we got to figure out how to do it. Yeah. I don't have a great plan that I'm trying to sell. <laughs> but I, I know the problem. And it sounds like you agree that we need to figure out how to make this happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Eric, this has been great. It's been great to learn a little more about you and about what you're uh, up to. And is there a place that people can go to learn about your campaign, maybe learn how to support you? Uh, Yeah, you can go to uh, ericforbattleground.com. That's our website there, and you can learn more about my campaign. You can also get involved as a volunteer, or you can donate if you feel led to. Uh, You can also find me on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Eric Four Battleground. Is that uh, four F O R or the Uh, number? For the number. Thank you. Thank you, Max. Good point. Good (laughs) good, good question there, Max. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, self-promotion is not my strong suit, sir. uh, Anyway, well, it's been great to have you, Eric, and uh, all the best. We really hope you win, and uh, we'll put some links in the show notes so that people can find you a little easier because they might have not been able to write it down. Yeah, put it it in the notes, gentlemen. Again, I thank you for this time and this opportunity, and uh, God bless you guys both. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Likewise. Likewise. All right, bye-bye.